Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 19th of April, with me, Bernadette Anderko. On the show today, we're going to have our head of equity strategy, Mathieu Rachete, to give us his insights into the Q1 earnings season, which is now underway. But first, my colleague Mike Rauber joins us for a roundup of the main market action. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bernadette. We had some economic news out of the US yesterday. Can you talk us through that, please? Yes, indeed. A report showed that median weekly earnings rose 6.1% in the first quarter. Uh, This is compared with Q1 2022. Now, this shows that salaries workers took home slightly outpaced the increase in the overall price level of 5.8% over the same period. So, yeah, this is good for the outlook on consumption. But, of course, it also raises concerns about higher wages driving inflation. And so yesterday, Bank of Atlanta President Rafael Bostic said he favors raising interest rates one more time to just above 5%. But his St. Louis counterpart, James Bullard, wants to go even further by raising rates two more times, bringing policy rates to the 55 to 5.75% range, well above what markets are pricing in currently. So how did the markets uh, react to that? Yeah, with the rather hawkish uh, comments by the Fed members, and a mixed bag of earnings from financials, I'll get to this in a moment, the S&P 500 was little changed on the day. And the VIX index, which measures expected volatility in the S&P 500 over the next 30 days, fell to below 17 points, its lowest since January of this year. So this is indicating there is little fear in the market. But still, professional investors do not seem to trust the equity markets. At least this is by the latest Bank of America Global Fund Manager survey. It shows that professional investors have their equity allocations at their lowest versus bonds since the great financial crisis of 2007 or 2008. Or maybe it is just that bond yields and high quality bonds are now attractive again if one wants to take a more positive picture. Okay, so you hinted at news flow around financials. Um, Is there something more you want to add there? Yes, indeed. Thanks a lot. So earnings from major banks yesterday reported presented a divergent readings on the strengths of the finance industry. So Bank of America had a profit beat, but Goldman Sachs missed on revenues as it could not benefit in its trading arm from the very high volatility in fixed income we saw in the first quarter. But there have been two positive developments overnight. Uh, First, the mid-sized U.S. bank, Western Alliance, whose shares have fallen 60% from its high this year. Uh, Its shares are up 17% after the market closed yesterday. This is after the company said it actually has seen a deposit inflow of $2 billion so far this month through April 14th. And the Japanese bank, Sumitomo Mitsui, sold 140 billion yen or around 1 billion U.S. dollars of AT1 bonds becoming the first major bank to issue such type of financial instruments that since Credit Suisse collapsed. So clearly some good news to report from the banks after the troubles of last week's. And what about the other markets? Yes, uh, US Treasury market was rather calm yesterday. Uh, The dollar continued on its weakening pass. Uh, This morning it was at 109.70 against the euro. Brent oil was little changed, around $85.00 as investors are weighing signs of lower U.S. crude stockpiles against demand and global growth concerns. And Bitcoin is holding its uh, U.S. dollar 30,000 mark 
as well as gold with just above $2,000. And in Asia, the Hang Seng Tech Index is down around 1% after dropping as much as 2% earlier in the day. This weakness is also weighing on other Asian markets with both overall China, but also Japanese shares being slightly down on the day. So after all of that, what do we expect for today, Mike? Yes, UK inflation figures are already out. They were worse than expected, with inflation showing having risen in March by 0.8%. Economists had expected a gain of just 0.5%. Later on, we will also get Eurozone inflation data. And at 2 p.m. local time in the U.S., the Federal Reserve's beige book will be out. Uh, Of course, earnings seasons remains in focus. The Dutch semiconductor company already reported, and it said it sees total demand still exceeding capacity for this year. Later, we'll also get results from L'Oreal, Morgan Stanley, and Tesla, to name just a few firms. And so with all of this, uh, we see European shares are headed for a flat open, as traders are awaiting further earnings reports, but also central bank comments. That's all from me. Back to you, Bernadette. Thank you so much for the update, Mike. And now we've got our head of equity strategy, Mathieu Racheteer, here to give us his insights into that earnings season, which officially kicked off last Friday, as Mike mentioned, with the, some of the major US banks reporting earnings. But uh, before discussing the results, what are the expectations for the earnings season generally, Mathieu? Yes, good morning, Bernadette. So for the S&P 500, consensus is currently expecting minus 6.8% of earnings growth for Q1 compared to the same quarter last year. And this number has been revised down quite substantially since the start of the year, in fact, by 7%. Um, and, you know, this expected decline in earnings growth is quite broad-based. So we have seven out of the 11 sectors which are expected to report negative uh, earnings growth. And if you look back at the last quarter, we have already seen an earnings contraction year over year. So therefore, by the official definition, the S&P 500 has officially entered an earnings recession at the start of the year. Also, you know, analysts are expecting the gap between earnings and sales growth to remain wide at 9%, which really indicates that the negative effects of operating leverage are still at play here. So how likely is that we are going to have a good earnings season this time around? So we are generally less concerned about the Q1 results per se, given that you know uh, investors' expectations are quite low and the results of early reports have been quite encouraging. And also, you know, hard economic data in Q1 has still generally held up quite well. Having said uh, all of that, the focus of investors will rather be on the forward guidance that the companies will provide, in particular also how the recent tightening in credit conditions that we have seen will impact the fundamental outlook of corporates. And if you look back at history, it's usually the CapEx beneficiaries, such as you know industrials that tend to suffer most from tighter credit conditions as companies pull back um, on their CapEx spending. If you look beyond uh, the first card, if you look beyond Q1, current consensus estimates are still implying a recovery in earnings growth and profit margins from Q3 onwards, which for us rather is on the optimistic side. So the bottom line for us is that expectations for Q1 are quite subdued, therefore the bar is low to beat, but investors will rather focus on the guidance and expectations beyond the first half year have still room to come down further. So let's switch to those banks now for which we've already had a couple of results from the big ones. What are the key trends that you're seeing so far? Sure. So, you know, despite the turmoil that we have seen at certain US regional banks, 
we have actually seen a continuation of better trends uh, for the large US banks. So revenues uh, were better on higher net interest uh, income, despite slightly declining loan and deposit volumes. And also fixed income trading was generally strong across the board here. Um, when it comes to the decline of deposit volumes, we have some banks such as uh, Wells Fargo, but also City that had, yes, small single digit declines. But this is mainly a reflection of excess savings, which was shifted to higher yield assets and therefore not really related to deposit safety concerns as it was the case for the US regional banks. And in fact, you know, if you look at, for example, JP Morgan, they even had 2% of net deposit growth in the first quarter. So you can really all see that some parts of the deposit outflows that we had from the regional banks went also to the large banks. Um, then, you know, if you look at credit trends, uh, we have actually seen a normalization of credit costs uh, for U.S. banks, um, which which remains slower than expected because both, you know, the U.S. consumer but also business balance sheets remain quite healthy, remain quite robust there. Finally, you know, the big topic has been, of course, rising deposit uh, funding costs. And yes, we can see clearly rising deposit rates. However, you know, for instance, for J.B. Morgan, the management expectations were for an even stronger rise in January when they set the guidance for the year. So in fact, management had to actually upward revise the net interest income guidance for this year by 9%. And this is therefore 10% um, above the current consensus expectations. So overall, you know, quite some strong results from the big banks. And we also have seen a positive market reaction there. When it comes to the U.S. regional banks, we have not had any results so far, but they're expected to guide for higher funding costs given the increasing usage of the more expensive uh, Fed funding facility. Okay, so you've talked a lot about the banking sector there. Perhaps you could just remind us what your preferences are within the financial sector. Sure. So in a nutshell, um, you know, when it comes to the U.S., we continue to advise uh, focusing on the more larger banks and not try to bottom fish in the regionals. But uh, in general, from a regional perspective, we continue to prefer European banks since they are in their earlier innings of the rate cycle with still more upside from rising rates. And they're also more attractively valued and have a higher intensity of share buyback. So we clearly prefer European banks over US banks at this stage. Okay, that's nice and clear. Thanks so much for your insights today, Mathieu. And that concludes today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Tomorrow, Helen Freer will be back with guests to help you find out more about what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.